And now for the podcast that's super excited to talk about the Academy Award winning Everything Everywhere All at Once, this is Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face through the... <laughs> We're, we're, listen, it's it's on me. I know. It's on me. It's on me. Um, oh, you know what? I always forget to introduce people because sometimes we, you know, there is, it's within the realm of possibility that we might have new listeners. Jamie Lee Curtis could be listening to us right now. Jamie Lee. Academy Award um, winner Jamie Lee Curtis. What was the what was the movie she did with John Travolta when they're just like, like doing jazzercise? Grease. I know which one you're talking about. That wasn't Greece. I mean, then they're like on the floor and they're yeah, like, and, and you see John Travolta going and like, you're, you're yeah, like, yeah. is his like, is his like junk about to pop out? And yeah. then like Jamie Lee Curtis like looks spectacular, but like, it's just crazy, crazy 80s stuff. Go ahead, T. You want to do the introductions? Go ahead. I'm T. There's Spade. He's one of, he's one of the people on this podcast. And there's also someone named... Uh, La Siguapa herself, Ariani. Hey, folks. What's up? This is our podcast. T, you're very punch drunk today. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Sorry, folks. I'm tired. I'm trying to to bring the energy. T's very excited. He finally got me with a these nuts joke. (laughs) He he, he can't get over himself now. That's that's what it is. Very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am. All right. Well, we, we are not talking about the Oscars, ladies and gentlemen. No, because I'm the only one who watched it. I chose no. to watch the Oscars over the finale oh. of The Last of Us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Probably the only person that, that did that, I think, right? Definitely not. The only person in this, in this, in this podcast to do it, um, but definitely not. And then what happened, Spade and I were done with The Last of Us, but we weren't watching the Oscars, but we just started like doing the tech storm in our text group, and we're just like trolling Ariani left and right, just going, going, going. Were you guys trolling me? I didn't even notice or care, to be quite honest. Oh, <laughs> no, no, she you was care. reacting. You, you, you cared. You, you, you got a little like, upset with us. Yeah, you a couple of times. Because I asked you, what's our annoyance level? And you said, right now, a five. And like, we actually yeah, went up to a seven. <laughs> and we got it up to a seven. Yeah, I forget what you guys did to get up to a seven. But yeah, you're pretty much always at a base level. Something like gross. Something gross. Oh, no, it was the taco troll with the, uh, what's the name of the song that won the best thing? Oh, Nacho Nacho. <laughs> nacho Nacho. No, the, uh, nacho Nacho. <laughs> That's xenophobic. <laughs> you guys, suck. that's xenophobic yeah, in two it's countries. R- racist, <laughs> racist to two cultures. But you know what really set her off is when she told us the Daniels won for everything, everywhere, all at once, and I said, "Stormy and Jeff," <laughs> and, and I said, "Damn, Daniel." <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys gave. I was too lazy to, to make a gift that said "Damn, Daniels," and like the two guys like shaking the awards. I wanted to do that. He was once like, again oh, bringing can't. the memes from 2016. Anyway, uh, <laughs> keep, keep yeah. it current. There is no school like the old school. That's right. And and speaking of keeping it old school, let's talk about one thing real quick. Confirmed to return Daredevil. Uh-huh. John yeah, Berenthal yeah, is the Punisher. Exciting stuff. Super exciting excited about stuff. that. They recast uh, Fisk's wife. Um, oh, Vanessa? Vanessa. Yeah, they recast Vanessa, I heard. There's talk supposedly that they, they're not bringing back Foggy and Karen. I mean, that's just talk. I don't know how true that is, but a lot of people are kind of like, 
how and why. I think they'll be back. I think they just haven't announced right. it yet. I think that, yeah. Maybe there's still contract negotiations going on. Yeah. Because honestly, what else are they doing right now? Right. Harsh. <laughs> and they, they both said they wanted to come back. I mean, I, it is a little harsh, but seriously, what, what have they been in? Right. It's like the Ted Lasso thing. They He signed in for three seasons, right? I imagine. I'm just speculating. Who, Sudeikis? Sudeikis came in and said, listen, you know what? You know, the story we wanted to tell will be wrapped up well in the thing. So what happens is I'm perceiving, I have no evidence of this. This is just me um, doing my thing, is that he is in the contract negotiation and he's putting it out to the people you know, and he's bringing it publicly without explicitly saying it so that he has a higher leverage. Because who wants to watch Ted Lasso without Ted Lasso? And it's Apple's number one show. But Apple might be like, you know, forget it. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. We'll just buy Disney. Anyway, let's move on. Here we on. go again. <laughs> so anyway, now that we're six minutes in, yeah, all right. we're supposed to be talking about The Last of Us because we're super right, excited right. Uh, to finally talk about one of the best shows of the year so far. And I'd be surprised if it's not my number one on my top ten list next year. Yeah. Oh, it's going to, it's a, what, 100% going to be on everybody's it's top gonna 10. It's going to be on everybody here. Yeah. yeah. I think we've all. I, I meant, I meant as number one. It's, it's going to oh. be tough to beat, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's that high up already. I mean, granted, it's got no competition right now, but I, I thought this, this show was, was one great. Of, one of our most anticipated, probably, well, you and me, definitely. Um, I know T kind of went in blind. I think it was, you went in just because we were on board and also Pedro Pascal was in it, probably. Listen, HBO is going to put out a zombie show. I'm going to watch it with Pedro Pascal with nothing. It's going to be, put, I'm going to at least check it out, right? I'm going to at least check it out. Pedro Pascal, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, what do we call it? A Steve? No, a Stan, right? A Stan yeah, of, of Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> Steve. I did that on purpose, that was, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, right. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> congratulations, you trolled right, yourself, no, right? T. Um, but uh, but no, no, I would I would have definitely watched it, yeah. And and you know it, was, it got big and 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 the the um, even if I didn't watch the first episode, like I'm seeing articles coming out about how like it has 75 percent more viewership like two episodes ago than it did in the first episode. Each word of mouth is like getting people to you know tune in and watch. Um... I think I think I posted how I think the eighth episode, the seventh or eighth episode, had like a seventy-five percent increase from the first episode, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of hard to judge, right? Because it's a streaming metric, right? So people can watch it anytime that they want. So I guess they're not watching it like live, so you wouldn't get those numbers like you were for Game of Thrones like I don't ten know. years I mean, ago. I pe- mean, people are still watching live just because HBO is still a cable part of a cable package did you watch it live ariani <laughs> i don't have cable at all but you watch through, watch HBO, through max. hbo max thank you t yeah when right. we're saying we're so we're, sure. we're using the term live lightly it's like we watch it when it drops now what i do and i still right. do for this is i don't click immediately like at 903 i wait 20 minutes because 
a couple of times, and I, I, I don't have any direct evidence of it, but Kate and I, like during the third or the fourth episode, we had a hard time like streaming it. Their servers can't handle it, maybe. Right, maybe, right, the right. The amount of viewership. I think the biggest question we I think we should ask here is this, uh, because, you know, we have, you know, like anything in our culture today, it's immediately criticized by um, idiots. Um, but I think the main question about this is, and, and, and this is an actual question that I want, I think we should answer individually, is why is this so good? Well, number one is the writing, right? It's a really good story. Dialogue's great. Stemming back from the game, it already had its following, right? Because there wasn't really a game done like this before where it was really story-driven and you're more invested in what's going to happen than necessarily shooting zombies or, or killing people. I mean, we haven't seen a zombie in like four episodes, really. Not, not a lot of them. That's the criticism I had brought it's up. Like, it's like one, right, it's right, like right. one zombie here and there, but nothing like how you would expect in the game where it's just like you're fighting them left and right. Right. Well, I mean, a game, it's different, right? But T actually said, if there's a zombie show on HBO, I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I would call this a zombie show, to be honest It's a with drama. You. Right. It's a full-on character drama. And, and I said this on the podcast maybe 17 billion times. Um, the number one threat in a zombie movie is either metaphorically or based on actual story is the desperate human beings try to survive. Zombies are a manageable problem. It, it's like, you know, in this one, it's kind of like herpes. You can manage it. Right. But what happens is, is the other people who can you trust and who can't you trust? Who's going to throw you under the bus? And that is all of the best zombie movies. All of them. It's about the interaction again. Now, Spade, you said it's about writing. It's about story. Right. Yes. But why is this good? Why is the story? Why do you think? The story is good. Why do you think the writing? It's not because it's a video game. We know it's not good because it was a video game. It it just happens to be a video game based on a video game, right? Here's what I think worked about this show specifically because it did stuff the game couldn't do. So we didn't get to talk about the third episode where we meet Bill and Frank. We see we see Frank in the game, right? We get to know him a little bit. We get to like do context clues about him and his life. But we don't actually get to see the life that he lives with Bill. And it's a completely separate story from Joel and Ellie. And this just one episode creates this amazing narrative. And there's not a single zombie in it at all, the whole episode. Right. You know, we get the narrative with Kathleen. You know, and she's a new character. Well, that's the thing. With a game, you're playing from the point of view of Joel. Right. And or Ellie, right? So you have to follow them. And you can't have an hour cutscene, right? You can't have an hour cutscene, right? Right, right, right. Ex exactly. Um, you know, so the show can expand expand upon these side characters that they want to bring in. And I mean, they did a good job making all those characters interesting. Like you just brought in um, Kathleen. She was great. The episodes with her were really good. Uh, Bill and Frank were really good. Sam and... Uh, uh, what's his, his the brother's name? Um, the, the two of them were really good with the the older brother. 
um, Henry, Sam and Henry, right? And then you 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 get the story with Riley and and Ellie later on, and I mean all this stuff was just so well done. It was so well paced. Like I bought everything along the way, and I mean each episode, it was kind of like their own chapters, right? It was kind of like hitting a checkpoint in the video game. Like here, this ends and you save, and then it's on to the next thing already. And uh, yeah, it was just really really well done, and I like that. It's all the same creative team from the game um, that, you know, were writing on this and working on this. And there's so many actors from the game that were in this that was a nice surprise. Like, I know we talked about... Um, Troy Baker. Tro- yeah, Troy Baker. Well, he wasn't in the episode that when we first recorded, right? So I didn't even know he was in the show, which was a nice surprise. I, I, I speculated based on, like, a little clip with Ashley Johnson because I was like, hey, that's the voice actor for Ellie. And she's holding a baby, and I'm like, she's playing Ellie's mom. And right, so Ashley right. Johnson is famous for a few things. Uh, uh, one, right now, she's in that the huge Dungeons & Dragons live stream critical role that has blown up and has, like, an Amazon uh, cartoon and things like that. But she, originally, she's um, she was, like, a, a fourth season... Um, addition to the like for whatever late season whatever late season of the 1980s show growing pains with kirk cameron so little uh, curly haired uh like nine-year-old or something like that we we might have mentioned this on the other podcast because i remember oh, that did? story oh, but oh. I, I think because uh, she, I mean, she wasn't even in it everybody's yet. gonna oh, really because she voiced the character i mean everybody listens to us well, she vo- right. She voiced Ellie, but I was gonna say everybody from this podcast that's a fan would know her from the Avengers. Oh, she played yeah. the waitress in uh, that Captain America saved that they're doing a little interview with at yeah, the very end. Of and, and her big scene got cut, right? She got a scene that was cut, right? Well, no, she she's in the movie, right? But there, she had she's a bigger movie. part. There was think, a there was like some... a bigger scene. Oh, maybe that I think she maybe was more involved in. Like she was she was gotcha, actually gotcha. serving Captain America. Like he was there, in like the Steve Rogers was at a table at the restaurant. She was serving him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but it it was a little jarring to hear her speak in the episode because I know she's Ellie's mother, but to me, it was I was hearing Ellie's voice. Well, she, she doesn't disguise you know? it as well as like Troy Baker does. Like when Troy Baker does Joel, I'm just like, wow, you don't sound like nothing like that in real life. Nothing like that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially because he's doing the the official podcast for HBO. With Craig Mays in it and uh, and Neil Druckmann, he doesn't sound like Joel at all when he when he speaks normally. Who? Troy Baker. He I don't know who that is. He's the original voice and like motion capture for Joel in the game. Oh, so okay. So here's a question: In the episode where uh, the the burning um, the burning resort, there was the the character Perry by oh, Jeffrey. Oh, the one that Pierce. Ariani was at. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> What? Every time, every time Ariani goes on vacation to a resort, buildings oh, burn. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is an inside joke, people. We can't. How many? How many no, no, no. We, we've talked about this on the podcast. How many vacations have you been on where stuff caught on fire? Or was a hurricane? One. One with it. One was caught on fire. I'm pretty sure it was. No, two. the other one was a hurricane. They shut it down or something like that. Was it a hurricane on the second one? I don't even know. Everything's out to know. get me. <laughs> Rule number one. Let's go with two fires for the sake of the podcast and keep it moving. Uh, el- eligible bachelors out there, don't go overseas to a resort with Ariani. No, please. 
<laughs> do it. Do a steak. A steak. Staycation. They do a staycation. Yeah. Like a little Airbnb or something. Like in the Catskills or something. Uh, okay. So Jeffrey Pierce. Right, so, so back to your Jeffrey question. Pierce was the guy, and then like in like that the the mini documentaries afterwards. They he was like, you know, my unique thing, but working on the thing. Like he had. I thought he had voiced voiced Joel or had voiced somebody. No, your Jeffrey Pierce was is Tommy. He voiced the. Brother. Oh, he voiced the brother, not Joel. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're, you're talking about. Um, oh, played David. You're talking about Troy Baker, but he right. He played David, one of the cannibals. Right. Not the Perry. main guy. One of the cannibals is Jeffrey Pierce. He played the other guy who was like. Oh wait. He was Melanie Linsky's right hand man. He was the the military guy. Oh, oh that was Melanie. Right. Talking I forgot about. about him. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting everybody confused. So who was he? Who was the right hand man of the of the cannibal? David. No, not not David. David, David. was the main one. James. 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 And oh, he's Troy Baker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and he. So he's the voice of oh, okay, Joel. I'm getting it all. Com- okay. The, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. That's right. There, there, right. therein lies my confusion. Right. Okay. Right. Um, should I get into the thing I whined about <laughs> about that episode in particular? Well, go ahead. You're always whining about something, so you have at it. <laughs> I was like, hold on. I was like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. I am always whining about something. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's, listen, it's not something that, that kills the show for me, obviously. The show is great. I think it's great the way it is. A lot of work went into it. I just wish they had a little more time to like make the tension last with that episode in particular and even this last one this last finale i mean not to say that i mean it basically played out how it did in the game with just a few extra scenes the one scene that you mentioned spain um that was really good where joel talks about how he he tried to kill himself yeah i I, to me i thought that was the best scene of the the whole show um you know when she she makes the crack that time heals all wounds and he's like it wasn't time but there, there's a similar scene from the game, right, Ari? I know you played it a lot more recently than I have, where um, Ellie like has the picture of his daughter and, and gives it to yeah. him or something like that. Yeah. That's what that scene's supposed to I be, right? I think they right? said that they replaced the the part where she gives the picture to Joel with that scene where he... With yeah, that yeah. speech, So that yeah. way they can kind of like enhance the connection between them even more which i liked right ariani i think you're right you know and we tease you on the on the touch i i think that you know there there could have been a lot more time spent with some some of the characters it was a really short season how many episodes only nine episodes which is not like that short but i think if they, if they had had one more i think it could have really like i don't think that i would want to had stretched that episode out what I would have liked to have seen more of is because because that third episode with Nick Offerman um, really let the audience know that this is not your typical zombie apocalypse story, right? We're we're going to go to deep dive into character. It's about people. It's about character, right? And that was the original question I asked, you know, because I was asking you guys so I could say it myself. This show loves and cares about its characters and is interested in really really developing them and i think that's the reason why this is so good because 
you know, stories are about character, right? So it's 101 filmmaking, right? And we knew that the third episode was like, oh, this is something different. And I was shocked at that. And then again, the episode that comes to mind, it's never about fighting zombies. I know they do great thing with the tension. I haven't felt tension watching a zombie movie at any time because if there were more zombies, I wouldn't feel tension because we talked about World War Z in the last podcast where there's zombies, like CGI zombies everywhere, like swarming over everything. All of a sudden, it just becomes a special effects nightmare. But here, when there is a zombie that appears, and I'm talking specifically about the mall episode, I think the mall episode is even now my favorite one. And how that like coming like a coming of age story with these two kids and they're like how they're working out their feelings for each other in in a broken world and then the unimaginable happens right and there was only one zombie in that right and when the zombie came it mattered when the zombie was there it mattered when zombies show up it matters that's what i think that episode did uh better than the bill and frank one because we already had the connection with ellie we already felt you know emotional towards her and everything that she's going through but also we know what's going to happen to her right we we know like she's remembering but we didn't know what was going to happen to riley and they and we care about riley because ellie cares about riley right right like bill and frank that was a good episode but like i didn't really care about them you know what i mean like, there was no time built up with them. It was just the one episode. They're, they're peripheral characters. You right. Know? But they are... What works about episodes like I that I didn't know what that, was going to happen to Bill and Frank. Well, the thing is, like, they're, because they're peripheral characters, they kind of represent, like, a lesson in that episode. So Bill and Frank's whole lesson was that Bill found a reason to live. And once that... Once, you know, Frank was dying he was like i'm done i don't really have a reason to live anymore right and that that was a lesson for joel to find a reason for him to live and then that that kind of like that that ties that button to what he said at the end where it's like time didn't heal all wounds but he found something that did and and this is why it's good right because it's a trope in post-apocalyptic movies of the individual who found themselves in the post-apocalypse because they couldn't function as their real self. They couldn't express themselves as they are in the world as it is. The apocalypse happened and then they could actually, they were freed from the shackles of society and they could, could become fully realized people within this horror. And Nick Offerman's character was that. But again, they do it so well. Right. They don't show him like like strapping on a bandolier and mowing down a billion zombies. You know what I mean? And they don't do the thing where they would have shown Nick Offerman putting a hurt on those those uh, those raiders. But he got hurt too. Right. The da- the danger the danger still feels real even when we know they intentionally skipped the action sequence and we went into it super late as it was ending. Right. You got the beginning. And then the end of it. And we see it through the eyes of somebody who cares about him because he, one, he cares about him so much, he's not going to even wake him up to see what he has to do. Let him sleep through it. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And we see it through... Um, Frank. Frank. 
Right. So Frank comes down and is, we see it through his eyes. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm sort of going on a thing. I'm just going on about how well, how the inter, inter, intricacies about how well that's done. What I would have liked to have seen, and I'm sorry I didn't say this before, is I would have liked to have seen more those first two flashbacks in the first two series, I think, were the first two episodes were the best things. I mean, the cold opens. The cold opens. The cold open. The cold opens, right? And then I liked the flashback episode with Nick Offerman. I liked the flashback in the mall. I like the best parts I like is not the main story. Everything is good. Not the main story, but the background, the background that it right. brings in. It's the supplemental pieces. Yeah. I, I hate to be a, a, a basher on this again, but it feels like a f- complete 180 of how they use the flashbacks in Book of Boba Fett. Like, I feel like it's it's a complete failure in, in how to effectively use flashbacks because the flashbacks in this show contribute to character, contribute to how they operate. What's happening now, right? right. Yes, that's literally it. You know, that whole mall um, episode, the Left Behind episode, we see that Ellie is remembering, or, we, you know, we see as an audience what happened to Ellie, and we see that Riley tells her, we're not going to kill ourselves. Because that was a In a related situation. In a related situation. She's like, we're not going to kill ourselves. We have the option. You know, Ellie fully believes that she is going to die, and so does Riley. But Riley says, we're not going to kill ourselves. We're just going to go crazy together and go through this together. We're not going to die. We're going to. We're not going to let each other die. And so at that moment, Ellie takes that and says, I'm not going to let Joel die. You know, like right. that's, it's it's great. Like, it's great. And especially because left behind, I mean, I don't know if that's, it felt, the game itself felt like more supplementary to, te- to tell us, like, how did Ellie get bitten and all this stuff. Left behind? That's the name of the DLC that the, uh, okay. that the, the mall story is based on. Right. So there's the Last of Us game and then they came out with like, a standalone, standalone okay, okay. and it was called Left Behind was the name of that. I, it might even be the name of the I episode, think it's the name honestly. Of the episode too. Yeah. How close did they follow the video game? I would say like 95% probably. Really? Yeah. Like literally pulling dialogue almost exactly from the game at a lot of... Because I know the reputation of this game is that it was, you know, next step or next gen storytelling within a video game kind of thing and that the story was the real thing that not even no one talks about the gameplay of last of us they talk about how great the story was right you talk to anybody who's played the game and like literally the first thing that comes out of their mouth is giraffes i think everybody was looking forward waiting for the giraffes yeah yeah and that that was well well done too that that was awesome I, I really enjoyed that. I even texted you guys yeah. this morning, giraffes, and, and you're like, that's the part that you got excited for? I'm like, yeah, that part is, is awesome. It's so well done. And yeah, it's, it's just when the game, uh, when the show ended, I actually uh, YouTube the ending of the video game because I, I didn't remember it ending so abruptly, but I think it's because I was mixing the end of the first game with the beginning of the second game, and I couldn't remember where it actually stopped. So I YouTube the the thing and it's like a 10 minute cutscene. you can go online and, and watch it um the dialogue is literally word for word the end of the game like in shot for shot it looks just like what they did in the video game i don't know if you heard the official podcast episode for this one yet but craig mazin said the reason why he basically kept the ending pretty much exactly how it is is because he said that it's correct like he chose that word specifically that he said this is the correct 
ending for this story or for that game. And so they needed to, to do it pretty much exactly that way. They, they he didn't want to deviate from that. And especially because it brings up such a moral question. It brings up such... It's about agency. It's, right? about, it's agency, about agency. But also, like, the thing with, with that game, with, with the first part and the second part especially, but these games, you don't feel like you win in the end. You don't feel like you beat the game. You're kind of left like, what did I just do? What just happened? Right. And I mean, the I mean, it's literally terminator right that's joel turns into the terminator at the end of the episode right and you're you're walking through and you're like i gotta go save ellie like when you're playing a game you're like all right these guys are just in obstacles to get in my way i'm gonna get her we're gonna get out everything's gonna and be that's fine. the moment it felt the most like a video game but i didn't mind because i i appreciated the meta well, part I, I think, of that scene I think the, right, what they right? Chose it was a first do, person shooter right, right at what, that the, point the, the way they chose to do it was that they framed it in a way where it's just like joel is not really meant to be seen as heroic here. Right, right, right. He's supposed it's, to be... And, and not even necessarily a villain here, but it's kind of just like, it's so sad how this is happening. He's a broken person in a broken world. Mm-hmm. And he's hanging on to the one thing that right, right, he right. can latch on to, which yeah. is Ellie, right? And then now he's he's lied to her. And he's basically got to live with the lie. So now it's going to be, where do we go from here, right? Right. And it's basically that Ellie pretty much knows that he's lying she obviously knows he's lying about something but Boiler, doesn't know spoiler. she she suspects she doesn't yeah she the fact that she asked the question means it's a question in her mind that, that a possibility in her mind that he he's he just he right. bullshitted that because she's not she's some, not something stupid, happened right, right? Yeah. he lied she's, to her yeah basically right. that she's not stupid she knows that he's not being truthful about and, and she just is. said she said okay yeah and it was like right. she's not not I believe you right, not right. yeah you're right I know that, right that's you that's just, your okay. answer yep. yeah. okay and that hesitation too the hesitation on that right. just that right all of that is played very purposefully because that's pretty much how it how it how it all goes it's it's meant to put the perspective in the the player's hands right you interpret that however it's it's the end for lack of a better term the end of the Sopranos is Last of Us a a, a third person shooter or a first person shooter. You're not in first person. Because you see the body of the you see the body of the character. You see Joel moving. Yes, it's the cameras over the shoulder. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. If I get my video game terminology right, that would be a third person shooter, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess you would need to be a third person shooter so you see the character and you know it's not you. They do the one. The only part where you're a first person shooter in a game is during the sniper raid. You remember with Sam and Henry where they're running through to the town. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go. Joel goes through the town and and um shoots through the snipers. That's pretty much the only time you're doing that, um, as far as the game goes. Um, gosh, we didn't talk about Sam and Henry and that choice of making Henry a a deaf, a deaf character. Was it Sam? Sam? Sam's the deaf Sam's one. Sam's the deaf okay. one. Yeah. yeah. Sam is the little brother. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't deaf in the. He's no not in, deaf the game, in the game. No. He's nope. older. He's about. He's he's pretty much Ellie's age in the game so they aged him down here and made him deaf yeah and the actor's really deaf too and he was awesome spade you made a good point because when when after the episode aired i was like i wish that scene with the two of them was completely silent i was thinking i was like i, I wish there wasn't because there's so much noise and then spade you said well whenever she was speaking she was not telling the truth, but then when she wrote things down, she was. 
she was telling the truth. Right. I think because Ellie, Ellie definitely likes to be tougher than... Well, she, she could talk a tough game, right? That's her whole thing. And she's foul-mouthed and all that stuff, yeah. She hides behind humor. She hides behind humor and, and sarcasm. Right, cursing right, off right, adults right, right. and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Is but she that way time. in the in the uh, in the game? Yeah, the, she's she's yeah, yeah. full on. Yeah. yeah, yep. This this is not a game you play around your, your kids. You know what I mean? They're they're full blown cursing and everything like that. Yeah. Oh gosh, I know what else I wanted to bring up. So, <laughs> one of the funniest things I saw was that somebody said that that it's funny how the communist society in the game survives and thrives through the winter and the religious cult is resorting to cannibalism <laughs> that was a good line where where he was like he was like uh, joel was like uh well, so are you guys communists he goes no we're this he goes no we just share resources he goes Yes, yes, that is literally <laughs> like commune. Commune. This is commune. Right. Yeah, we are literally <laughs> a commune. Yes. <laughs> and then even in the the religious aspect with the David, uh, Ellie says to him, "Oh, so you found God?" He's like, "No, I found the cordyceps, and that's what like allowed me to be myself." Right, right. And you could see he's in there, he's smacking the kid, and you know, eating the biggest plate of food, and he's the the big dog in town. I, I like that episode because they did a slow drip of how awful he was throughout the episode. In the beginning, you're like, I don't know, do you trust this guy? Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, boom. And then it's like the idea of cannibalism was introduced and you're like, well, if the person died and everybody else would die and then you're like okay i understand that maybe i wouldn't have made that decision but maybe i understand why that person made a decision like l- luckily we'll never have to make hopefully we'll never have to make those kind of decisions you know in our lives right and then they have the butcher block and you're like wait it was more than one people and they're just an ear they just forgot the ear well, I took it as they were chopping him up and it just got kicked yeah, under there and they just got, forgot about it. Up, right. Yeah. And then like they were sloppy about that. And then you see the, all the bodies hanging in the barn and then you're like, oh, this is like right. par for course. Right. <laughs> That's why my favorite part of that episode was at the beginning where the little girl is like, when can we bury him? Talking about the father because the father had died. Right, right. She's like, when can we bury him? And he's like. We can't do that right now. It's too cold. We'll bury him in the spring, knowing damn well they're not gonna bury him. You're, you're gonna bury him in your belly. And that's the thing. I think that's what that's the thing. Like he had such control over everybody. Like it wasn't just a religious thing. I think it was right. that they were scared. The, the, the religious thing was a cover, like it always is. It right? always is. So, but I think they were they were scared of that. Oh, we could be next. And then and then right after he hits her, right, and he's like, "Remember, you always have a father," mm-hmm. right. And then, like, it's said in a way, it's like that kind of, like, you know... Paternalistic. Uh, a white supremacist doing the okay symbol. It's like, oh, it's just an okay symbol. It's, oh, they're just he's just talking about God. But no, what he's telling her is, I'm your daddy. I, you know, I'm biologically your father. And it's said without being said. So it's kind of like people can rationalize things away. Everybody lives within a lie that they know is probably a a complete lie. 
you know. Well, like Joel. And then to make him even worse, not only was he a cannibal, not only was he beating kids, but then he's a pedophile too. On top right, of right, that. Right, right. But that wasn't in the game, was it? I don't remember. I mean, it's been 10 years. I just remember them being cannibals. I remember them being cannibals. I don't remember him being like a little pedo freak or whatever. And that's the thing. That's the one thing I missed. And I know you complained. You gave me shit for 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 complaining about it. But I wish they had had one shot of like the resort is burning. It's the middle of the day. You would think all the townspeople would be like noticing that it's on fire. I wish they had had one shot of that little girl who got hit realizing that he's in the resort and it's just and she says nothing. Yeah. Just let him burn. Right. Like what is he that he come out burning? You know what I mean? Like is that because no one's going to know he's really in there unless right. you go in there right. and get him, right? But it's just kind of like one of those so. things where maybe they would have gone like, where's David? Where is he? And then they think, they're like, oh, he's in there. And then they just leave him. Nobody goes to rescue him. They just let right, him right, die. Right, 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 Because they want to be free of him. Right. And I assume that, but I there wasn't textual evidence of it. Right. Evidence of that. Right. You know what, though, Ariani? I mean, yeah, what, what you're saying would have been cool and everything, but this show, this this was not a heavy-handed show. They didn't really slap you in the face with stuff like that. You know what I mean? They kind of just spoon-fed you things along the way. I know, but it's way. just kind of like, it's little things like that that I think would have, like, made it even more satisfying, you know? And then you go back to the episode before with those guys that attacked them when they went to the first, like, medical place, right? And they go, why are they attacking him right off the bat? You know, uh, I, I'm because all well, the raiders are doing whatever. No, but because what were they? What were those three guys? They were going to. They eat were them. hunting for people to <laughs> yeah. eat, right? Or, or hunting for whatever. Right. Well, you take their horse. You take their supplies. You you basically just take everything. It's venison. It's always venison. <laughs> and then he shows up with the deer, <laughs> so it's kind of so then it's kind of believable right. a little bit, right? And and we were p- placed in the position of one of the people living at this resort where we're in and we're getting, you know, we're there and we're like, oh, he's okay. he seems okay. Oh, but, you know, I know he has to make hard choices. You know, we need to survive, so maybe we need to do this. And then we're already so deep as viewers and then all of a sudden we see, like, the evidence comes and comes and grows as it would to the people who live there. And that, you know, we're put in their position. Well, with this type of story, like, T, you said this on our last podcast, when I, I said to you, where do you think it goes from here? And you're like, it's not about the end, it's about the journey and the people you meet along right. the way. I remember you specifically yeah. saying right. that, right? And it's like, whenever you meet a new group of people in the in this situation, it, but it's always like, who do you trust in right, these situations? Right, right. And that's what, that's what I wanted to ask, T. What do you think is going to happen? The, the ending is never what you expect because if it is then it's just like a little happy ending or they get slaughtered right it has to be a more complicated thing i don't know what it is because you guys kind of hyped up the ending for me sorry i don't mean to you know no, no i'm casting dispersions but it fell into a specific trope that you made fun of me today about it uh kind of like um that why the last man situation like you're like oh i'm the last man on earth isn't that great yeah but then it's like no 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 you know you'd be hooked up to machines to you know keep humanity from dying but here again that was the exact same situation like in in why the last man i didn't see the whole thing but uh but like that that the government's going to be hunting you. you're going to get done and then you're going to be taken and you're going to lose your freedom 
right? And Ellie's going to lose her freedom, probably her life. By the last man, probably the same kind of thing, right? So I knew that it wouldn't be good for Ellie that if she got to a medical facility because all of a sudden people don't care about who she is it will be just your body your body on the table you might as well be like a series of petri dishes right we got to solve this problem understandably because you know the needs of star trek the wrath of khan the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one um so uh like that star trek that was good teeth that's uh that's that's jeremy bentham i think Leonard Nimoy. No, it's Spock. <laughs> no, sir. Jeremy Bentham is a philosopher who 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 posited that theory before Spock. So please. look at her being all high. Spock high. is a philosopher. <laughs> In the Idic, infinite diversity and infant combat you need to like brush up on your Vulcan here. You need to brush um, up on your philosophy. Anyway, jeez, <laughs> oh, I've re- I've read I've read too much Heidegger to to uh, anyway. So. So I kind of there was I knew there was a couple of ways this could go, this episode because I see it now. You guys are showing oh it goes off the rails in the next one, so I don't know if it's gonna go off the rails in terms of now. I'm not criticizing the show; it was great, perfect, you know, like, um, but where will it go? I don't know. I might have to sit on it a little bit. I think that the fireflies are probably going to play a part to it. I, I don't know. I don't know. It could it could really go it could really go anywhere. I don't know the evidence of it yet because I think when the the first video game was made, they weren't dropping easter eggs of the second thing. So I don't know that I saw anything that textually in the show that's indicating what the second season being i think they they probably when they made the second video game they were like okay where do we go from here and they had to think something up there there's nothing in in this that'll that'll hint to the future i didn't see any kind of evidence about what's going to happen next i kind of thought that like when they were sitting on the on the top of the thing to go down i thought to the to the to the town i thought that that maybe they would uh the town would have been overrun by zombies already, and that's how they would have ended it, or something like that. But that's how I, you know, that would have been interesting. Well, well, that's the thing, right? Anytime you think there's going to be the trope here, they kind of try and go a little bit of the other way, right? To to your point, T, there's nothing blatantly obvious that's going to lead you into what where the story goes from here. What they did in terms of the, the second game, this is not going to be any kind of spoiler or anything like that. They cleverly created a story that tied into the events that have happened beforehand in ways that I didn't even think they were going to do and or even come up with. And I, I think it's one of the best stories. So there'll be flashbacks. Um, not saying that. All right. I will I will say it's the, the second game compared to the first one. Now, this was nine hours. The second game is probably double the length in terms of story. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a two right, season that's what they were saying, right? story yeah, right. at least probably the same nine episode kind of thing. I'm scared for it. I am too. <laughs> so so did you guys like the first game better or the second game better? I like them both, but the second one I think is a more complex story. This sto- right, okay. this story is this story is is pretty simple and kind of straightforward in a way. The second game really puts you through its paces. 
The first one is a game. The second one is an experience. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, both of these are here for the story, right? The, the game is is second because the story is just so good. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I got to say one more thing because I'm going to hate myself if I don't if I don't say it. Go for it. I think my most favorite thing that they included in this series, and I th- I think it must have been maybe the fifth episode. What was the episode where where Joel is about to leave Ellie with Tommy, and they basically recreated that scene exactly from the game. Oh, when he's gonna sneak out on the horse. Yeah, yeah. And the next morning, he says to Ellie, he was like, "You deserve a choice," and he like that's not in the game at all. They they threw that line in there, and I was like, "Holy sh." He was like, you deserve a choice. And she immediately chooses him. And I feel like they threw that in there because Joel selfishly wanted Ellie to choose him. Like, he knew right, right, that right. she would choose him. And she's just like, I, I immediately, I'm going with you. And I think that moment leads to him justifying why he does what he did at the end. It's just like... Well, if Ellie, if Ellie could choose, she would choose to be with me. That would be what she would choose because she did it before. But I think Ellie, because of her experience with Riley, has like a lot of survivor's guilt and everything that happened with Tess and everything. I think she has a lot of survivor's guilt. Well, she says at the end, there it was Riley and it was Tess and it was yeah. Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she names everybody that, that was killed along the way. Yeah, she has a lot of survivor's guilt. So I think she probably would sacrifice herself even for just a chance of something to work. And I kind of wish, I wish the show would have actually leaned into that a bit more where it's just like, if Ellie sacrifices herself, it might not work. Like they didn't, they didn't kind of bring that up. I think the game. Right. A thousand things could have, a thousand things could have gone wrong. Doesn't when Joel's having the conversation with Marlene in the hospital, doesn't he say that there's no guarantee or something like that? I don't remember. I thought that was a line that was in there when they were going back and forth, because when when she's saying that Ellie means more to him, her than than he'll ever know and stuff like that. I guess so. But it comes down to Ellie not knowing what was going to happen to her, right? And, that's the thing. Like that—that's the thing. And she wasn't she given wasn't a choice given a either. Choice, really, and I kind of also wish, and I brought it up in a test chat earlier, that they would have leaned into Marlene being another parental figure for Ellie. Because we see in the cold open, Ellie's mom is just like, here, bring her to somebody that will take care of her. But she doesn't say to Marlene, take care of her. Right, right. I assumed that she said it exactly like that because she knew she was part of the Fireflies and that she was a terrorist and she couldn't, or Freedom Fighter, whatever. She had she had other priorities. She had other priorities. That she, she had no, no time she's, to raise She's her, not the kid. person to raise my child, bring her to somebody, but get her to somebody. I, I kind of wish the show would have at, like made Marlene, if not her parents, somebody who Ellie knows because she was her mom's best friend. She got her to somebody who would make sure she's taken care of, um, checks in on her. You know, I, I went back and watched like the episode where the first episode and Marlene basically is just like, I'm the lady who dropped you off here and I'm the one I know exactly who you are and Ellie's just like I've never seen this woman before in my life and I'm like well shoot why couldn't they have had like a previous relationship well th- that's interesting too because when Riley brings up Marlene in the mall mm-hmm. Ellie's like well who's Marlene and why do you got to listen to her who cares about Marlene I, I kind of wish they, they would have made that that relationship 
a bit more with Ellie and Marlene because then we have the real like conflict where her and Joel are both these parents to Ellie but they're both making choices for her thinking they have her best interests in mind when neither one of them really gives a shit what she wants. Right. It's almost like divorced parents that know better. Right. right. Exactly. And they're just using, they're using Ellie as a pawn for their own selfish reasons. Exactly. Got anything else you want to add? I think Ariana was right. I wish it was a little bit longer. I wish it was, I, I wish I could have, I could have, I could have used a few more episodes. You know what they say, leave them wanting more. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotAllPods. Visit us on our website at NotAllPodcastWorkCapes.com. And send us an email, NotAllPods at gmail.com. Also subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks. Check these nuts. That was going to you. You actually pulled one on me. All right. I'm going to get you again. <laughs> I bet you won't. Is that it? Are we done?